no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bears Centrals. On today's show, we preview the week eight matchup against the Dallas Cowboys and give a little love to Robert Quinn in the process. Hey, Dub, talk to him, baby. Hey, Dub, over here, cool, Prez. Yo, ask the one out there in Dallas, man. What's up? Man, shit, right now, it's raining all fucking day over here. Raining all day. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing, I'm excited to be down here. Can't wait to Sunday. I've seen so many Bears jerseys down here. I have been giving a hard time to some of these Bears fans that's been wearing these old-ass uh, Bears jerseys. Like, I saw a guy earlier down in the hotel lobby. He had an A-Rob jersey. I was like, don't wear that shit to the game, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, it's time to upgrade, man. Get that Justin Fields jersey, bro. What you want, man? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be rocking my Khalil Herbert joint to the game. You know what I'm saying? My little K-Herbo. That's all I'm talking about. That's a good jersey to rock right there, bro. But no, man, I'm excited to be down here, man. I can already tell the Bears Nation, we're going to take over Dallas. The weather, I ain't worried about that, man. But all this, as I mentioned, you guys know Robert Quinn was traded to the Eagles. And honestly, A-Dub, when I think back on the Robert Quinn time here in Chicago, it seemed like Robert Quinn was like just a really good dude, man. I saw the way that he was with the media. We saw it up close. The guy was always willing to sit down and talk with the media. He didn't hide it. He didn't duck. When things were not going well for him, he didn't sneak out the side door at Hallis Hall. He didn't sneak out the side door at Soldier Field. He always was accountable. And I am, that is a shot towards a certain star pass rusher that was here that <laughs> ducked the media often, right? Right. And so my whole thing is, it's easy for someone to talk to the media when things are going well, but it's hard to sit there and face that type of smoke when it's not going well. And I want to give Robert Quinn a salute to that, man, because he is a man. You know, we could talk all about the sacks and we could talk about what he didn't do on the field. But what I can say is that his teammates, and you saw that with Roquan Smith yesterday, man. Roquan broke down in that presser. And I know it's a lot of fans out here. It was him and the Han and, and making jokes about Roquan crying and saying it was fake A-Dub. At the end of the day, I'm not going to call somebody's sincerity into question, man. That was his teammate. He knows him a lot more than we fucking know him. And I want to piggyback on what you said about Roquan Smith. Um, he definitely showed some love. And he was impacted by, you know, with his teammate leaving, going over there with the Eagles, man. That's a big loss right there. So I cannot get mad at Roquan for definitely showing love, showing some emotion, because you just don't know the relationship between these players, man. You know, and, and, and that's what times people be forgetting, man, the relationship. You, be, you, you, you go through all the criticism from hearing from what – the fan base say about you, you go from hearing for what the media say about you, and all you have really is your teammates, man. So having your teammates to have your back and be there for you at all times, Chris, when you're going through the ups and downs, man, you need that. So we lose a guy like, you know, Wild Smith, it, it definitely impacts things, man. So, and I understand how players can possibly look at him and view him in a positive way. Just remember what Justin Fields had to say after that Packers loss, and people lost their shit about that. He's yep. like, hey, you guys ain't in here in this locker room. You ain't in here with us. We're the ones putting in the work. So just know, audience, that there's special relationships that happen in these locker rooms. Yep. 
So many times you'll hear these players talk about what they miss about the game, and it's not about the field. Most of these guys, even Brian Urlacher, he's said it over and over again. He misses the locker room. He misses those conversations. He misses those times of goofing off with his teammates. And my right. whole thing is, Roquan Smith showed a human side there. It's okay to show a human side. The people that I saw that were making all these jokes, I would love to see what happens if somebody close to you, something that, was, that impacted their life. Right. And how you would respond to that. That's the thing. It's like, like you said, Ado, to your point, we got to have a human side of things. Now, I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and sit here and say that I never criticized Robert Quinn because fuck yeah, I did. Right, that right. first season, I had a lot to say. He was on the milk carton a lot. He was. I know he was also playing hurt, but at the same time, even though he didn't play well that first year, he still stood up and spoke to the media, right? Last right. season, he broke Richard Dent's sack record, right? Of, of course, we all loved him. This year, so-so start, you and I were critical of him. Yep. At the end of the day, though, we kind of saw the writing on the wall and he probably was going to be potentially traded. We talked about that two weeks ago, and then it happens, A-Dub. Sure did. Yep, you definitely brought that up, Perez, about him uh, being traded in. It does, it's not a big shocker to see Robert Quinn um, get traded. But one thing it doesn't undermine at all, Perez, is his value to the team. And he was a leader in that locker room. He tried to lead by example. Because I remember one thing that Ryan Pohl said that really just resonated with me when he said, man, this trade was deeper than a transaction. And a lot of times, folks don't always look at that part when players get traded, what that means for that family, you know, when you're getting traded, right? What that means for your teammates when you get traded. That's a big blow. It's a big loss. And I'm quite sure the Bears are going to be able to move forward, but we got to understand that, hey, this is one of the guys who held it down. And last season, he was phenomenal. We cannot take that away from Robert Quinn. He held it down. Yeah, and, A-Dub, and I want to piggyback off of what you said about Ryan Poles because I have even more respect for Ryan Poles because not only did he do what needed to be done here, Right, He needed to make that trade. I mean, it was obvious that Robert Quinn wanted to be on a contending team. He deserved to be on a contending team. He sent him to an undefeated team. That's true. <laughs> I mean, the same thing he did with Khalil Mack. Yeah. Khalil Mack to L.A. Sent Robert Quinn to Philly. Now Robert Quinn's got a, he's got a potential chance, A-Dub, to play for a Super Bowl. And you know what, friends? I think he's going to do well with, that with the Eagles. I mean, it's a, it's a good change of scenery. You want to win a team, win a culture that's going on right now this year. Not bad, man. And that's why you got to salute Ryan Poles for doing the right thing and looking out for veterans too, man. I got to salute that, friends. And then the, the other part of it too now, we're looking at the business side because at the end of the day, this is a business. And yes. what we see from Ryan Poles, A-Dub, is Ryan Poles is going to do what is in the best interest of the Chicago Bears, right? He's not going to hear, see here and make these – He's not going to sit here and make these decisions and be weak about them, right? So he's making the tough decisions, right? Look at yeah. all the players that we've seen come and go. He's had to make those decisions because what did he say? His job, A-Dub, is to build for the future, and that right. is what he's doing. And a lot of times people miss the part there, Chris, building for the future. It's not always about right now, but it also opened up some good cap space as well for the Bears still signed some good players in the offseason. You never know where this might go. But the thing is, Ryan Poles is trying to manage that, man. And you got to give that guy credit for looking at that and taking the future into consideration with a lot of his moves. So with Ryan Poles, man, you in my good graces. I think you're doing the right thing for balancing out the player and also the business side of things as well. Now, in this transaction, the Bears did pay up to, I think, $7 million of Robert Quinn's salary. So the Eagles are getting him on like a minimum salary. Yeah. But we did get a fourth-round draft pick in return. And yep. so you give Brian Poles another draft pick. We see what he's been able to do with draft capital. We also know what the last regime did with draft capital. They traded it all fucking away. 
So we got a guy here that understands that you build your rosters through the draft, right? And I love the fact that now he's got another valuable draft pick at his disposal. Now, Robert Quinn is going to a really good situation for himself. So I think it's a win-win situation for both sides. It definitely is a win-win situation, Perez. And that's what you like to see. I mean, getting that draft pick there would be something that I'm quite sure Poles would make a good pick when it comes down to that. I mean, we've seen Ryan Poles make some good draft picks. I mean, win-win situation, both players, I mean, the players, Robert Quinn, in a good situation. And now we can move on and get into a better situation coming up next season. Now, I know that there was a lot of fans, A-Dub, that were wondering, why do we get more for Robert Quinn? And you have to look at and wonder, was there much of a trade market for Robert Quinn? That's the thing that a lot of people have to look and consider. Because if the Bears had to pony up that much money and dead cap money, well, obviously, yeah. they didn't have much of a market. But to the point that you made about the salary cap for next season, with this Robert Quinn move, the Bears now have over $130 million in salary cap space. When is the last time we have had that type of money in salary cap space as a Chicago Bears organization and a franchise? Ooh, that is big right there for us. And that's all Ryan Poles. He's making tough decisions, but listen, audience, we know that we're in a rebuild. Even though if you look right now in the NFC, you'll see that, hey, the Bears are kind of peeking around that playoff picture a little bit. Hey, if that happens, great. But just know that Ryan Poles has stripped this thing down to the studs for a reason. This is a rebuild. We're not patching up anything with some duct tape around here. No. We're going to reinforce this thing the right way, the way it should have been done a long time ago. And that's why I support this guy. And this is why I'm going to be patient with him because he obviously has a plan, guys. Even though he drafted, he's given those kids, those young players, an opportunity to continue to grow. And one of the key things to think about when it comes to Robert Quinn, because he and the Eagles worked it out where they were they were non-guaranteed seasons, A-Dub. So now Robert Quinn can become a free agent in 2023. So now yeah. he has a path to get more pay. Robert Quinn goes out here, A-Dub, and has a big-time run down the stretch with the Eagles. They have some sort of a Super Bowl chase, and Robert Quinn is a big catalyst of that. That boy yeah. about to get paid. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not mad about at Robert Quinn for betting it on himself for that matter, Perez. So you're right. He has a golden opportunity, man. And he's in a good situation you and I just talked about. So for Robert Quinn, hey, the ceiling, man, is yours, man. You dictate how you want this whole thing to go. You can actually boost up your value by doing a great job with it with the Eagles. And another point you brought up about Ryan Poles and the fact that, hey, this move wasn't easy for him. Obviously, Robert Quinn meant a lot to that organization, a lot to that locker room. But I'll tell you one thing, man. I think this also says a lot about the faith that the, the coaching staff probably has in a, a Travis Gibson, a Dominique Robinson, because those yeah. are some names that Ryan Poles brought up when he spoke to the media. Right. And you and I have talked about Dominique Robinson and, and somebody I feel like the potential that he has flashed. Travis Gibson is starting to flash a little bit of that potential. So this trade opens it up and gives these kids a chance to show what they got. And that's what Alan Wins was saying. This is a chance for one of these young players now to prove, you know, that they want this spot. You know, so you're right. Dom got a chance, man, to go out there and continue to show progress that you've been making of course, this season. And Gibson, you know, you made you done some good headways last season, and you're doing some good things this year, too. So it's a chance for you to pick up where you left off at as well. So you got a couple of young guys, man, some couple of young pieces who are actually showing some they, they can possibly emerge. So it's a good time for them to get those snaps and take full advantage of it. Yeah, and I mean, right now, you when, you when you look at a guy like Travis Gibson, two sacks, you know, he's been getting off the quarterback a little bit. So he'll get some additional reps. You got Muhammad there still in, in, in the mix. And obviously, yep. I mentioned Dominique Robinson. 
So, like I said, man, you got you got more reps so they're gonna be able to go around to these younger guys. And that's what this season is about, audience. Let's not fool ourselves. Right now, we're seeing on our defense young guys emerging and stepping up, and it's because they're getting playing time and opportunities. With more reps comes that ability to perfect your craft. And that's what this season is about for me. Hey, just like in baseball, right? The more at bats you get, hey, the more in tune and, and, and more locked in you get into a game. And that's what it is right now. We want these guys to get as many reps as possible. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing with this D-line. You know what, Perez? It's a good thing for them. I mean, they get the chance now. And you're right. I've been impressed with some of the things they've done so far this season. Against the Patriots, they've done well. And they, they showed us the good signs in that game. And I'm quite sure we're going to see that continue, man. And that's what you want to see with your young group, how these guys continue to make progress. And I just like the fact that now they got the fair chance and the coaching staff have really been on these guys putting in discipline for us. So they in a good spot, a lot of these young players. No, they are. Now, I, I have to quickly turn the page because in our last episode, I gave my underperformer to one, you know, Lucas Patrick, everybody. <laughs> gave my underperformer to Lucas Patrick. And now we find out that Lucas Patrick now is heading to the IR. It's been a lost season for Lucas Patrick. But now yeah. we know that what that means now. We know that now Sam Mustafa is entrenched that center position. Now, we got, well, we know that Michael Schofield is going to be in there at guard, and Tevin Jenkins is going to stay in at right guard. Larry Borum, we saw where he popped up with a concussion, and he's in the protocol and more than likely is going to miss that game on Sunday, which means that Riley Reef is probably going to end up getting the start at right tackle against the Cowboys. So, A.D., right. when I'm looking at this game, we've already been talking about our offensive line and the issues of pass protection, bro, The in the yeah. issues of pass protection, bro. Now when we got a game here now, well, we're down two starters. Now, I know that they did activate Alex Leatherwood, right? But who knows when he's going to be ready to play. So right now, I'm looking at this offensive line, going against the Dallas Cowboys, going against Micah Parsons, who is a beast. Micah Parsons also went out there and said that he's faster than Justin Fields. I'm like, all right, Micah. <laughs> hey, Michael Parsons is fast though. I'm not saying he fast. He fast. Hey, he fast. Hey, he fast. <laughs> shit. He fast as shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give him the props, man. Hey, look, I, I I give respect where respect is due, man. Michael Parsons is a beast, man. And I got I take nothing. I take I tip my cap off to a guy like that who's on his way of trying to become the defensive player of the year and all that stuff, man. So Michael Parsons is the real deal. If he says that fast, then damn it, you get a chance to show Justin Fields definitely on Sunday, man. You get your chance. But overall, man, you're right, Fred. Our offensive line, man, is in trouble, bro. I mean, you got three guys. I mean, you include Cody White here, you know, uh, as well being on the injured list. It's just tough. So you're asking this team here in the reserves, the depth, to really, really hold their own ground against Michael Parsons and Co. And that Dallas is, has a strong defensive um, front, man. Not just Michael Parsons. You throw him in there. Then you got other guys like Demarcus Lawrence, you know, and then you got also Armstrong. Those guys are tough, man. This Dallas um, – Defense is going to come hunting. Well, of course, they have a defense, but I'm when I look at that defense, Michael Parsons, I think, is the big name on that defense. He's the guy they got they got to neutralize. That's a matchup where he's going to be taking turns going up against Riley Reef and Braxton Jones. And when we get to our keys to victory, we're going to get into this a little bit more. But I just wanted to bring that up as a potential matchup when I'm looking at this Cowboys team that I think concerns me. And I also like the comments that he made about Justin Fields. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. I'm sure Michael Parsons is saying that just to, like, you know what I'm saying, get in Justin's head a little bit. Because of after the Cowboys saw what Justin Fields did against the Patriots, 
They want to put a little doubt in his mind and say, <laughs> hey, you want to start them, you want to do them QB runs against us? He going to chase your ass down. <laughs> That's what Michael Parsons trying to send an early message. Like, hey, I got you covered, young fella. Try with me, you know. And I, you like that. I like that competitive advantage, you know, that competitive edge. I like to see guys competing that way. And I have no problem with trash talking. So to see both uh, DeMarcus, I'm sorry, to see Michael Parsons talking trash, hey, man, go ahead and do you, man. But I'm quite sure I play like Justin Fields. He don't care. That kid is straight. Well, we'll see. It's going to be a, a really good matchup to key in on. Like I said, Michael Parsons, that guy right there is a problem. He's a problem, man. And that's, like I said, for me, yeah. that's going to be one of the main guys that I'm going to be watching there on that defense. You mentioned Armstrong. Hey, Armstrong is, is, is a hell of a player as well. Like you said, Parsons gets all the highlights and the headlines. But the way that Armstrong's been playing A-Dub, he's been flying under the radar, bro. Flying under yeah. the radar. And he's having a career year. So I agree with that one, too. I definitely agree with that. And when you have him, like you said, and Demarcus Lawrence with Michael Parsons, that is a lot of havoc that's being wrecked at the line of scrimmage. And especially, and especially A-Dub, when we play in musical chairs on our offensive line. Yeah. And on top of that, Perez, how many sacks you and I talked about that Justin Fields have already taken already? <laughs> it's like those piling up, man. And you kind of wonder, like, hey, going in this game here, that is something to key in on. Like, hey, how do you stay out the way of getting hit by these guys? Because they're coming, man. And that's something I'm glad you kind of brought up, Perez, of these three-headed monsters, man, how they're going to be coming for our boy Justin Fields. So with these musical chairs with the offensive line, man, I am hoping they can hold up, bro. And don't forget about – Trayvon Dix, the corner. That guy's yes. a lockdown corner. He loves being on that island. He will match anybody up man-to-man. -man. And guess who he's going to probably end up matching up with in this game on Sunday? Money Moon, baby. Money Moon. That's going to be a tough one there. Tough matchup. A good matchup, but definitely a tough one. And A-Dub has been a lot of people via text, via DMs, <laughs> via emails. They're asking me. They're like, man. When do you think that bank's going to open up, Press? <laughs> when does A-Dub think that bank's going to open up? I was like, listen, if you ask A-Dub, he thought the bank would have opened up months ago. Right. <laughs> if you ask me, I think that bank's going to be closed for another week. That's just me. When I look at this matchup with Trayvon Diggs, yeah. man, that brother right there. Now, listen, Justin Fields may want the smoke. Justin Fields may try it with him. But I feel like most quarterbacks to take chances against Trayvon Diggs, it comes back to bite him in the ass. And Diggs is the real deal. I mean, it's a good test for Money Moon, no doubt, and Justin Fields. But you're right, Perez. That is a tough task, man. And I'm hoping my boy Money Moon can show some good sides against him, Perez. But, man, it's going to be tough, bro. It's not an easy task at all. Well, it's going to be up to the other guys to step up. You're Nikhil Harris, you're... Yeah, Dante Pettis, Equinemius St. Brown, man. Yeah. yeah Cole Komet, you know, like it, it's up to the other guys to do something because I have a feeling that Trayvon Diggs is going to try to take Mooney out of that ballgame. Now, one thing to our audience that I want to give you guys a little heads up on when it comes to Trayvon Diggs, some things that I was looking at on tape on him. He is susceptible to the big play. He bites on routes. He takes chances. He does that because of that Cowboys pass rush because that pass rush comes in so hot he could right. jump routes. Now, if for some reason our offensive line can hold up long enough and maybe Justin Fields could do like some pump fakes on that side and get Trayvon the bite, then that might be a chance that Darnell Mooney can finally open that bank. But it's going to be very key 
to make sure that we're neutralizing that pass rush. Because if you don't, and Trayvon Diggs jumping all these routes, it's going to be a long afternoon. I just want to hope my boy Justin Fields can stay out of throwing interceptions, man, because this line is going to challenge him. And then you know Diggs out there, he's going to challenge you too. On the offensive side of the ball, we know that Dak has now returned, right, A-Dub? So yep. he got a game under his belt last week. I thought he looked solid, right? And you could tell that he had some rust that he needed to shake off. He was okay, right? Right. And we all know the Cooper Rush, hey, he filled in pretty admirable for the Cowboys. When he went 4-1 and one this time, probably made himself a little change this offseason in, in the process. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'll say this, A-Dub. Dak didn't have to do much last week because of that fucking Dallas Cowboys defense that we just talked about. Yeah. They take the ball away at will. When our offensive line woes, with that defensive line being the way that they are, it's yeah. going to be imperative that Justin Fields protects that football. It's going to be imperative that the game plan from Luke Getze on Sunday is airtight. We, 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 we cannot. We cannot have these slow starts. We got to bring it because, like I said, I think Dak is probably going to be more playing like himself even if Zeke doesn't play, you got Tony Pollard in the mix. Even though our, our Bears defense, hey, they did pretty well against the run last week. The Dallas Cowboys' rushing attack is pretty formidable. And like I said, they got a little two-head monster of their own, just like how we have one. True. I'm hearing rumors that Zeke may not play. So that means that Tony Pollard is probably going to get a majority of the carries. Now, do I think that Tony Pollard is a back that you give the ball to 20 to 25 times? I don't think so. But at least I know that he's a threat. And he's a home run threat at that, too. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm more afraid of Tony Pollard than of, of Zeke. And the thing is, Zeke may not put, like you said, Perez, do that MCL injury. But the thing is, this dude, Tony Pollard, is that guy be getting some big plays for them, man. And he become the playmaker coming out that backfield. So he is a guy that you do got to watch and pay close attention to. And one thing to key on, audience, is with us training Robert Quinn, look for Tony Pollard and that Dallas Cowboys rushing attack to a attack the Bears on the edges. One of the things about having a veteran pass rusher like Robert Quinn is he sets that edge. He doesn't allow you to fucking have that type of success. Now a guy like Tony Pollard, he could really neutralize this team potentially. And let's not forget about CeeDee Lamb on the outside. The boy's a beast. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb, man. <laughs> you brought him up, Perez. And he is a definitely um, a guy who loves to go deep, man. And um, that's going to be a, a big challenge in itself for our secondary whether who's going up against them doesn't matter. Jalen Johnson don't matter. You know, this guy's a big playmaker, so he don't care, man. And I, it'll be a good matchup if Jalen Johnson get the chance to really go against this guy, you know, on most of those reps. I would say this, A-Dub. I think our past defense has held up pretty well for a, a, a large part of the season. And I'm saying, yep. And I'm saying that with the idea, or I'm saying that with the fact that we've gone up against A-Dub, really good group. Groups of pass catchers. I'm looking at this Cowboys team right now, right? Not only do you have C.D. Lamb, right? But, you know, they got your boy Gallup. Yep. They got Noah Brown. They have some complimentary options. They have Dalton Schultz to tight end. They do. To the point you were making about C.D. Lamb, yeah, he can take the top off of defense, but he's just a playmaker. He right. runs really good routes. That's going to be Dak Prescott's top target in this game. So whether it's Jalen whether it's your boy Kendall Vildor, right. whoever it is, they better be ready because I'm thinking that they're going to try to target CeeDee Lamb between 10 to 12 times in this game on Sunday. 
<laughs> without a doubt. I mean, they saw what Justin Jefferson tried to do to the Bears. You know, I'm quite sure they looked at film all the Bears games pretty much. But yeah, man, I mean, CeeDee Lamb, we know that guy's a great wide receiver, man. And he's he's a guy that made some big plays throughout his career so far. And the thing is, you got to stop him, man. And you're right. With him, you know what the quarterback going to target him, man. You already know that's coming, man. Dak is looking for him. So that's something that's part of our game plan, really, to see how we can slow this guy down a little bit. So I'm quite sure Bears are up for the task when it comes to him. Hey, man, I hope so. I mean, this game right here, you got Matt Eberflus returning to Dallas. Yep. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that he was a linebacker's coach for the Cowboys for quite some time. And so that's going to be really cool to see him back, you know, back there in that, in that, in that stadium, back in that environment with Jerry and, and so forth. But mm – -hmm. Right here, the reason why, audience, I want to make sure that we're honing on this Cowboys defense a bit is we know that the Bears have one of the best run offenses and the best running games in the league. But we also know, too, after what we did to the Patriots and the way that we beat them, don't you know that the Cowboys have been sitting there watching that film over and over again now? And they realize, and they realize what the Patriots did not do. And now you're going to have teams focusing now because now we've shown teams Hey, we stole a little bit out of the Baltimore Ravens playbook. You guys heard me joke on the last show that, hey, Justin was out there looking like a baby Lamar Jackson. It's because they stole some of those design quarterback runs from the Baltimore Ravens system and the playbook. Don't you think now that the Cowboys defense is going to probably have a spy on fields? They're not oh. going to just give him free lanes like that. So what I want us to do in this situation, in this game, is know that we're going against a formidable defense. That Lou Getze, hey, that shit worked in. But now maybe it's time to lean on that passing game a little bit. Maybe it's time to let that running game open up the play action. Hey, if, it's okay if you want to have some design quarterback runs with, with Justin. But now we know that we just can't live off that like we did against the Patriots. No, we cannot just live off that, Perez. And I expect to see Lou Getze probably throwing in some more screen plays for us because I'm quite sure, you know, Dallas, they trying to get back there and make havoc, right? Because they already know about our line, you know, going through his troubles. But yeah, man, I, I think it's going to be a good time to let Justin Fields get a little loose, man. You're right in that passing game. I will never be upset with them getting Justin on the move. I'm okay with the quarterback design runs. Yep. But I want to just make sure that we're also keeping cognizant of the fact that that Dallas Cowboys pass rush is relentless. And we have to have plays that are short, quick to develop, so you don't have just Justin in the sitting. You don't want him just sitting in a collapsing pocket, right? If you right. move the pocket, you also got to realize that the, that pass rush is coming. So we just have to make sure that we're calling plays that are smart, get receivers open, help them work those receivers open. Like, scheme the receivers open, damn it. Like, we're going up against a defense that I really want to make sure that we are really – airtight in our game plan. And I know I said that earlier, but I really want to make sure that Luke Getze is airtight and what he's calling on Sunday. Yeah, man. Luke Getze is going to have to be even better than he was against, you know, the Patriots. Absolutely. I think he, I think he knows that too, Perez. Like, uh-oh, this defense is much tougher than that defense with the Patriots. And we know Billy Chase trying to make you do a little left-hand thing, but this defense got the players. Dallas have the players, man, who can make plays, man, playmakers on that defense. So you've got to be much uh, prepare for this uh, type of uh, environment going into Dallas and what these defense capable of doing. Because to me, I think their Dallas defense is more dangerous than their offense. Yeah, well, I mean, you saw proof of that. While Dak Prescott was out for five, six games, they were still winning games because of that defense. And oh. that's why my first key to victory is protecting Justin Fields. I mean, it's no secret what happened to Justin Fields against the Patriots. Even though Justin did his thing, 
even though Justin had himself a game, he still got hit a lot. He still got sacked four times. And as you brought up on our last show, Larry Borum had a tough outing against Judah. You were correct. Braxton Jones, he's kind of been getting baptized by fire. Now you look at this matchup, Riley Reef and Braxton Jones, they're going to be getting harassed all damn afternoon by that trio of pass rushers that we talked about for the Cowboys. So my first key to victory, though, is protecting Justin. You know what I mean? The offensive line really has a decision to make. Who are they going <laughs> to try to stop? Is it going to be Parsons yeah. or is it going to be Armstrong? Because you ain't going to be able to do it to both on AW. You're not going to be able to do it to both. Hey, look, friends. Look, these guys are in a tough spot, man. The Bears are offensive line. And what I mean by that, friends, I think I said some of this already, is that those guys got a tough task on their hands going against both of those players, man. And I don't want to be neither one of them, man. I don't want to be Reed. I don't want to be, you know, any of those players on the Bears offensive line at this point because I know this is not going to be an easy task of going to get some top pass rushes like this, man. So I salute those guys for taking over the challenge, man, and we're going to need some good passes because what you don't want to see is Justin Fields out of sync, Perez. He hasn't been that way in quite a while, but really been out of sync because that's when the turnovers start to happen, man, and consistently. And I want to make him some bad throws like that to really get us off our game. So really going to need Justin uh, Fields to be at his best. And only way to get this kid at his best really is to, to make sure we're doing the right thing without having all that pressure on him like that, man. That's going to call bodily harm and also get him hurt too. No, and that's my number one thing. I don't want any, any more damage being done to that shoulder that he re-aggravated. I just don't want to see him on the turf. I just let's, I just hope he has a clean game. I hope that that uniform, I hope everything looks good on Justin, you know, by the time he but he leaves that game. Well, give give us one of your keys, eh, Doug? One of my keys, Press, really is the run game. You know, we're going to have to establish a big run game, hopefully against uh, Dallas. And I like the fact that Luke Gessie did a good job, Press, with incorporating both running backs. I thought that uh, that uh, Herbert, uh, Khalil Herbert had a good game, you know what I'm saying? I thought your boy uh, Montgomery had a good game as well. If we can get these guys, Frizz, involved as well, involved in the passing game, I think that's going to be key. Because I saw Khalil Herbert, he can show once he catches the ball how weak we can be with it, the, the yards after the catch. And I think you got to get him in Montgomery. In that sense, Frizz, both of those guys, the ball after the catch, they can do some damage. So that's going to eat up some of the clock. That's going to move the chain, Frizz. And that's going to actually help work some of that defense that defense down just a little bit, just enough so that we can hold on to some leads if need be. A-Dub, I think that's a good key. Obviously, the audience is going to be listening to that. They're going to be like, oh, well, no shit, A-Double. Listen closely to why that's a good key. And I'm going to tell you why, audience. If the Dallas defense has any sort of a weakness, it's defending the run. And so right now, when you look at this Dallas Cowboys team, that pass rush is overzealous, which means that they take chances. And right now, our Bears offense is clicking running the football. So I agree with Aiden, run that ball early and often. You know what I mean? Because on the flip side of it, the Dallas Cowboys have one of the toughest pass defenses in the league. So it's one of those situations where you got to pick your poison. Yes. So I do like that idea. I mean, think about the quarterbacks that the Cowboys have faced this year and have shut them down. Brady, Burrow, Stafford. None of these quarterbacks threw for over 250 yards. Just think about that. That's so <laughs> the game plan that I thought has worked the best against the Cowboys and the one that I want to see us use is what the Philadelphia Eagles did. They use all that stable of running backs that they have. We could do the same thing. 
You know what I mean, A-Dub? Think yes, about sir. it. Gainwell they used out there. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott. They sent the whole fucking, they sent their whole army of running backs at them. We <laughs> need to do the same thing too. Monty, Herbert, Ebner, Justin. Just keep them coming. And that's how you put pressure on some of those pass rushers, right, Perez? You want to keep them guys, you know, what do you want to call it, Perez? You want to keep them, you know, uh, even keel, right? You don't want them doing too much. They start to do too much. That's how you beat them, man, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You use that against them. So, and I like the idea you thought the Eagles, they did a good job at doing that, man, staying in attack mode. Well, listen, the teams that have beat the Cowboys have done it with the run. The Eagles is one. Tampa Bay, even though Tom Brady didn't have a good game, Leonard Fournette was tearing that ass up against the Cowboys. So my whole thing is whether you do it by committee or whether you do a bell cow, it don't matter. Attack this team from the ground. So I thought that was a good uh, – thought that was a really good key, A-Dub. The last key that I want to give the audience, key to victory here for week eight. And while I gave a lot of credit to Cairo Santos last week, how he nailed those field goals, man, and how he's Mr. Reliable, I would like for us to finish more of our red zone drives with touchdowns and stop settling for field goals. And the reason why, A-Dub, I mean, it's not anything rocket science, audience. Right. But we need more points on the board. We got to sure. stop settling. We got to stop leaving points on the field. You now, might, Chris. Because when you look at this now, going up against this Cowboys team, they have a high potent offense. You don't be trading touchdowns with field goals. You'll be they'll, they'll get us out of there quick. It's hard to dig your way out of that. You make a good point, man. We can't play games with that. We got to definitely finish the drives, Chris. And what you don't want to see with this Bears team is they start off a drive doing very well. You got to sustain that. You're cooking. You're making some big plays on the drive. You got to finish it off. You can't settle for a field goal. So I think for the Bears, you're just going to have to keep it clean, man. Stay clean and stay in the attack mode. One thing that we haven't talked about is the potential return of Byron Pringle from IRA dub. So that gives Justin Fields another weapon, potentially. The guy that we thought was going to be our wide receiver, too. So, right. hey, maybe Byron Pringle could be that guy to take advantage of this matchup because Money Moon's going to be probably bracketed by Trayvon Diggs. But I think that was a good situation. I think that's a good situation there for this teammate, Dub, where you have him, you have Nikhil Harry, you got Pettis. So maybe some guys in that group can step up. Maybe Cole Commit can finally have his breakout game. It'd be nice to see some of these other guys, man, step into some, some, some plays for us, step in and be to do some damage. Um, I know that for sure, you know, uh, Pringle wants to be out there. He had enough time off Prez due to injury and everything else. So it'd be good to have him back, man, and see what he's able to do. But he could be another piece. I'm quite sure you're not talking about Nikhil here as well, being another piece. So these guys have a chance, Prez, against this Dallas uh, secondary to definitely back up Money Moon and give him a lift. I mean, we we can only hope. Like I said, this, this pass defense for the Cowboys is stingy. I think that they're going to take Money Moon out of the ball game. It's going to be up to the others to figure out their shit, and hopefully that they do. Now, in this matchup audience, according to DraftKings, the Bears are an eight-and-a-half-point road underdog. So, A-Dub, I need some score predictions for you before we get out of here. I think the score is going to be 20 to 16. I think the Bears will get the victory. Woo! Love it, A-Dub. I love it. He said the Bears are going to go to Dallas and snatch that thing from them. I'm not as confident as you, A-Dub. Not as confident as you. (laughs) I have the Cowboys winning 21 to 17. I think it's going to be a closer game. But like I said, man, A-Dub, it's just this formula that the Cowboys have going right now. And with our issues on the offensive line, 
I just have a feeling that Justin Fields is going to be running around a lot on Sunday. I wish that wasn't the case. If we had a healthy offensive line, I think we will win that game. I just think that Dallas Cowboys defense is just formidable. This offensive line for the Bears, it just scares me, bro. Like I, some of the stuff yeah. when I watch the tape, bro, I'm just shaking my head. That's my only thing against Ryan Poles. Like I know a lot of people talk about, oh, you should have signed more receivers, should have given Justin more weapons. You should have fucking got more. You should have gotten better pass <laughs> blockers for this damn quarterback. You should have did better with that offensive line. That's my biggest beef. So that's really what goes into it for me, A-Dub. So I have the Bears losing on Sunday. But I'm still coming. But, hey, listen, I'm still going to be in that stadium. They Anybody around me, they going to know that I'm into that game from the fucking opening whistle <laughs> to the end of that damn game. And I'm just telling you, my heart of hearts feels – that we may lose the game on Sunday. I know you're not one of those most fans anyhow, but the thing is, Perez, I totally can see where you're at. And, and the thing is, I picked the Bears to lose, I mean, to win this game, you know, when, in the season, right? When we had our season picks, I said, I think the Bears can possibly win a game, still a game that I can't divvy back, man, and said so we can't get this uh, this Dallas team. I think we got some good things going. You're right, the offensive line is a concern. I just hope the Bears can, you know, show some good signs and not give them a big plays. Well, it's pretty simple. I feel like we've laid out a really good game plan that can be successful. I'm hoping that we see that happen on offense. I hope that we see some things on defense, some new wrinkles that yeah. can stop this Cowboys attack. Now, Michael, you have heard our picks. I have the <laughs> Bears losing. A-Dub has the Bears winning. Sir, you need to get us your choice. Or, sir, you need to get us your pick before Sunday by noon. <laughs> Remember, you accepted this challenge. We look forward to beating that ass, sir. Beating that ass. <laughs> hey, Michael. Remember, that's prayers, man. Dub ain't coming at you like this, man. <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts, man. We want to see what you think of this team of the Bears against Dallas, and um, hopefully, you have a good out outlook on this game. Yeah, and like I said, audience, you'll hear Michael's thoughts here on the next show. And we appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate all of your support and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're the Bears Essentials. I can't wait to go to Dallas Stadium audience and drink all Jerry's beer. I can't wait. Drink all your <laughs> shit. Drink all your shit, Jerry. Yeah, let prayers in the building. <laughs> they don't fucked up. They should have never gave us money. They should have never gave us money. <laughs> they should not, man. But I'm glad you have a great time, bro. I yes. know it. Yes, sir. Audience, we out. <laughs>